Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're on episode five of Myths and Stories with your hosts, Mythborn and Zorialis. Take it away, boys. Now, now it's more Zorialis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do for for everyone for everyone uh, that's that's been following us. Uh, I do have to apologize for last week. I was on my son's setup and totally forgot to set my voice to uh, broadcast. And so, if you listen to episode four, there's a lot of dead space, and it's just me talking, but nobody can hear me. <laughs> so they can hear me in the chat, but y'all couldn't hear me on the stream. But that's okay. I'm back on my main setup now, so we are good to go this week. Um, and we will be talking about. Uh, Today's episode is all about the uh, penguins of Europa. Uh, they were a there's a there was a weekly collectible uh, when Beyond Light first launched. That each week you would you would you could go collect another penguin. And uh, as 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 a tribute to that, um, we actually have a special guest tonight, who is uh, I I'd, I'd consider her to be a a, a penguin aficionado. Uh, considering her name is Mystic Penguin 15, uh, and that is uh, my wife, uh, Mystic Penguin 15. So, Sweets, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Oh, see, did I get all weird about talking on the microphone, though? I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm married to this lovely man sitting next to me, and he likes to tell stories. I don't know what else. I don't know what else. Fun to watch her struggle sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to really worry. No one listens to this anyhow. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> it's just the ten of us, anyway. No. Yeah. Um, and so, so uh, uh, my co-host Myth here. Uh, he's he and I have been researching some of this, and uh, Myth, this goes deeper than than we expected. It, it does. Uh, so what what on the surface appears to be a uh, much smaller, more personal story um, of a, in this case, 10-year-old, uh, 10-year-old child. Uh, I saw it as Micah, is, is how I yep. saw the name, yep. uh, or how Micah I pronounced Ab- it to Abram myself. Abram or Abraham? Uh, I think it's Abram, Micah Abram. Abram, um, yep. But so all the, the story that you get as you discover these penguin collectibles every week is told through the medium of letters that are being written by young Micah. Uh, and these letters are all addressed to the traveler. Uh, I equate them very similarly to a kid writing letters to Santa. It's kind of the feel yeah, of it. You absolutely. Know? Uh, using it a little bit as, a, as an outlet, a little bit as a, like, you know, this, this great mythical figure, although they can see the traveler at this point. This is all sure. during the Golden Age. Uh, but that, that kind of vibe, um, very, very much this, uh, uh, I, I thought of it as like a, like a comfort blanket type thing. Like, uh, yeah, it almost like a, a journal or a diary, something that sure. he was able to, uh, express what he was feeling and, and thinking at the time, uh, and help him work through some, some difficult scenarios, uh, but yeah, so what, what on the surface appeared to be no more than that, uh, a small personal story about a, a boy on Europa, uh, or a child on Europa, excuse me, uh, they never specify one way or the other, um, yeah. turns into a little more as you dig yeah. a little deeper into things, uh, both inside and outside of the uh, lore book about the penguins. So... Uh, without further ado, we'll start with letter number one. 
So, well, real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, yep. So the 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 penguins themselves, uh, when you go pick them up on Europa, uh, they're these little. They they they're they're very much like an orange. Uh, they look almost like a wooden toy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but to kind of kind of step out of the game for a second, uh, they were also able to be purchased on the Budgie store uh, as a as a as a physical item. And when you opened it up, there was an actual penguin inside with a little like headset and everything. So I took them to be as like autonomous, like you know, we had trained penguins how to do tasks. And <laughs> as you will learn, that is that is not the case. That is that is not the case, unfortunately. That is not the case at all. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be pretty awesome too. Time, like, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, in the first letter, uh, Micah writes to the traveler, and I'm not going to read things verbatim, uh, sure. but I'll give the, the general points and we could discuss on certain things that stick out. Um, so writing a letter to traveler, similar to kids writing a letter to Santa, uh, we learned that Micah was born and raised on Mars, uh, but is now leaving for Europa, specifically the Eventide colony on Europa. Uh, we learn that the Traveler is in Io at this time, is currently terraforming Io, uh, which so is pre-collapse. Pre uh, yeah, pre-collapse during the Golden Age. Yeah, and specifically it's, it's you know, we're not exactly sure on time frame, but we know that the Traveler was terraforming Io at the time the darkness actually attacked. So presumably this is fairly close to where the... You know, the collapse it started sure um so uh, kinda, to kind of step out of micah's story for a bit mm -hmm. do we have any type of time frame on how long uh uh the facilities on europa uh were up and running uh before the collapse um you know i think we do let me find it though uh, I'm... That was that was something. While you're looking, I'm, I'm going to kind of go off a little mm -hmm. bit here. Um, so that because that was something that was very interesting to me. I I always when when I was started reading this, I looked at it as as uh, as like Micah was like one of the first families showing up there. But the more you read into it, it's 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 definitely not that. Like this the 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 Eventide is an established like the the whole facility is already built. It's it's all underground. It's it's a sprawling, essentially community uh, of researchers and stuff like that uh, that work at the facility on um, on Europa, which is of course run by Club Spray himself uh, in his uh, attempt to achieve godhood <laughs> for humanity uh, with his EXO program uh, and and when when we've learned that you know the travelers is is on io terraforming io that's when i was like oh, okay well this is you know europa's been there for a hot second and and the facilities are all built up everything like that now i know of course myth is he's still he's still looking for it yeah i i'm not finding it with a, a quick search okay. so i'll i'll have to move beyond that but we do get a little hint as to uh, where this falls amongst other things that happen. 
uh, which we can we can build a reference for ourselves, kind of in that regard. Sure. Um, as we get Absolutely. into some of the the later letters, um, but yeah, so travelers on Io at this time, uh, Micah and his family live on Mars. They're leaving for Europa, uh, and we learn that Micah is. Uh, his family consists of two fathers, which he refers to uh, one as Papa and one as Dad. Um, so those are two very similar, uh, you know, similar descriptors, but they are indicating two different people in his family. Um, and that, that was something I, I again, this is this is, I don't, I don't want to say reading more into it than than I should, but I I really enjoyed that about this story, like because it it is as Bungie as the writers and we saw this with the Awoken too like they recognize non-binary they recognize like the Bungie's writers are not writing these stories as a strictly uh, you know male female relationship mm -hmm. of everything and it's like I'm I'm absolutely falling more in love every time I read more one of the, one of these stories again and I'm like this is awesome this is awesome to see a a development a, a developer to not stick strictly to a, a single idea and to really try to, to try to incorporate everyone and, and, and have these stories of these great people of, of, you know, Cyrus and Saint who uh, we, we know that they are, they are lovers. And, and, and mm -hmm. like we talked before, um, Mara and Shiraido who are lovers, like to have stories like that, I think is freaking awesome. And, and I, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, and it's they're writing from the perspective of the time periods that the characters live in, um, which I think is a big part of it. You know, uh, not to say that these kinds of relationships can't and don't exist today, but you know, thinking years in the future, a, a utopian type vision of the world, uh, the the interpretation being made here is that like those kinds of differences won't matter anymore yeah and so they Absolutely. it's just part of part of everyday life you know regardless of the the makeup of the I families love absolutely yeah. love it but um so micah has has again papa and dad um he refers to papa as a quantum engineer for Braytech. um explains it as he basically builds super cool computers uh and that's just that's just that's just a cool thing like yeah that's just freaking cool <laughs> and say he is very skillful at his job as a quantum engineer um to the point where he consults directly with clovis bray on a number of secret projects uh yeah. and built some of rasputin's hardware uh yeah. so this is a, a engineer that is very highly regarded within Braytech, or at least I can only assume is very highly regarded within Braytech. Um, well, and, and all of Braytech, because like Anna, An Anna's whole thing was the was the War Mines, mm -hmm. and so I'm I'd be I'd be curious to find out if he worked with uh, with with Willow on uh, Siva. Yeah, I I specifically looked. I didn't have uh, enough time to, to really branch out, but I did look through all of the experiment logs from Beyond Light. Uh, where it was like Clovis, you know, CB, and then another, yeah, you know, yeah, another dot. Talking to another, yeah. I did look through those and hoping that I'd see like something A to be like something Abrams. Um, sure. Unfortunately, I didn't find any 
and those. Oh, bummer. I know. I was really hoping, but uh, I would not be surprised if we can if we find reference of an Abrams uh, in other lore cards, and we just didn't didn't have the time to find them. But, Absolutely. Yeah. But regardless, uh, very well regarded engineer within Braytech. We know for a fact worked on Rasputin as well as other projects. Yep. And uh, he's he's very open with Micah. He's very open. Uh, tells him that, uh, or or tells tells Micah that, uh, you know, he he likes to bring his work home and and show what he's doing. Uh, and essentially, you know, under under the stipulation that you can't tell anyone that I'm showing you this yeah. top secret stuff. <laughs> but. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> I, equate, I equate that someone to, like, today, like, their dad works in the Pentagon, and they're just like, hey, we just developed this super top-secret weapon, but don't tell anyone. Right, don't tell <laughs> anyone. We're have to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I equate to that, too. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of cool at the same time, because he, he approaches it uh, as as giving his child, uh, you know, a learning opportunity that he could not get elsewhere. Like the Yeah. And, and to his credit... Uh, throughout reading these, Micah is, for a 10-year-old especially, and I know it's all fictional writing, but is presented as a very intelligent young child. Oh, um, yeah. Has a, a very good understanding of the the core principles of even things like, um, you know, chemistry and uh, thermonuclear uh, principles and, like, yeah, I don't know if that's just them saying the Golden Age's uh, way of educating people was so good that you know even young children this was this was common knowledge, uh, or if it was because that's, that's what I read it as. Yeah, no, I I think that's probably where they were going with it, and then in addition to that, you know, he's got his uh, papa in this case keeps bringing mm-hmm. in. Uh, you know, top secret stuff that he just gets to learn more about. Uh, So his other father, who he refers to as dad, uh, is also a worker at Braytech, specifically a psychologist, Um, which kind of perplexes Micah a little bit. Uh, He's not really sure what his dad does over there. He kind of wonders, uh, or say Micah kind of wonders to themselves. Again, they, they never dictate one way or the other uh that maybe they need dad to train a war mind like dr anna bray did only instead of language he'll teach it how to analyze dreams uh which i thought was a an interesting little note and i want to look more into that at some point uh because i feel like a war mind having dreams sounds somewhat familiar to me and maybe I'm just thinking of the exos and their dream sequences that they that's, go to. That's what I thought. That's what I thought they were directly referring to. Like when when they started talking about you know analyzing dreams, I was like, well, this is this is the entire exo thing. Like they all exos have the dream, and and this is mm-hmm. his dad is hired specifically to analyze these and and figure this out. Like how do we work through this issue? Yeah. So uh, I just thought it was a it was a neat little little tidbit of hey this this is probably something to pay attention to uh and i I thought it was interesting micah kind of uh ruminates or or questions on the traveler uh you know asking do you have a hard drive or a brain 
Uh, are you an AI like Rasputin? Have you ever talked to Rasputin before? Uh, similar questions yeah. to what we we ourselves have, have asked through the Destiny lore. Uh, but it, it tells me that even during the height of the Golden Age, they still didn't really know what the Traveler <laughs> yeah. was or how it worked or anything. Uh, it's just this big cool ball in the sky that's terraforming moons and planets. Yeah, so um, that was that was just kind of interesting that like even even then they didn't they didn't know any more than we yeah. did really yeah, about how the traveler worked. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then we just get a little bit of confirmation at the end of the first letter that he is uh, hiding or Micah is hiding these from uh, his parents uh, by saying I, I have to encrypt this real quick. Uh, yep. and go and that's kind of where the, the first letter ends so uh, so they're, they're still on Mars at this point preparing to leave for Europa uh, for work for their his uh, or Micah's um, father's work both of them yep. uh, and so they come to arrive on Europa uh, and there were some interesting things about their European client uh, climate that they talk about here. Uh, yes. Specifically, that walking around, just walking around outside, uh, and and they were given these immediately after stepping off the the colony ship. Uh, you have to wear a Braytech snowsuit, um, yep. because the snowsuit it says protects against the bad ions bouncing down from space. And also, the cold, and uh, remarks that it can get to 140 Kelvin at night, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so I actually did some research on this myself. Uh, 140 Kelvin is negative 200 degrees Celsius, yeah, uh, roughly. Uh, or sorry, negative 200 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. I think it's, I think it's negative two. See, now you got me questioning it. <laughs> now I'm going to have to look it up again. For, uh, for, like uh, the, the, whole, the whole ion thing is, like, that's mainly because Europa is a moon, mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't have an atmosphere, so there's no, there's there's no, no protection. ozone layer. There's, yeah. there's no type of protection like that uh, from the ions in space, and that's actually why uh, there is red ice on Europa. Ah. Like, we can see that today when we go visit it. And, and the pictures that we as humans, present-day humans, have taken of Europa, it actually looks like that. The, the redness of that is caused by the ionization uh, of, of whatever's happening at the surface level. That's uh, very cool. I knew it was red, but I had no idea yeah. that that was the reasoning. That's very interesting. Um, say as a, so another one, reference for the temperature. 147 degrees Kelvin is negative 126 Celsius. Uh, which is negative 200 Fahrenheit. So yeah, it's it's kind of cold, you know. It's it's pretty cold. It's uh, pretty cold. I say for for a little bit of additional reference, zero Kelvin is the theoretical point at which molecules stop moving. Absolute zero. Yeah. Uh, which, which again, we, it's we very still, impressive. We, we, you can't do that. Like, no. A molecule no. cannot stop moving by nature of a molecule. Like it, it literally cannot stop moving. And so if you were to actually reach zero, like that's, I mean, to me, that'd be like, 
That'd be like taking time away. <laughs> hmm. Stasis says what? <laughs> uh, but I just thought, again, it was impressive to see a 10-year-old use Kelvin as their Absolutely. unit of measurement. And maybe that's just the way it is. Maybe they've completely moved to universal measurement systems in this golden Absolutely. age. Uh, which would make sense, too. I mean, uh, as far as like making sci uh, uh, scientific advancements, that mm -hmm. would be the you would think that they would have some sort of standard there, which would be the Kelvin system. Yep. Uh, and and like you're saying, with Micah being ten years old, uh, I I think I think that is part of that that it's a two part thing to me. The the fact that Micah doesn't understand doesn't truly understand the psychology stuff, so he's like, yeah, that's kind of weird to me. Like he's definitely attuned. He he because you know, we all, everyone has their own little thing that they're really good at. And so I think that's where Micah is really attuned to electronics and, 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 and practical science is, is what I would call it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I uh, think that's physics, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, yeah. So they, they arrive on Europa, uh, and, uh, Micah wonders what I'm sure everyone at that facility wonders. Why did Clovis Bray, choose Europa, this awful, snowy, cold place, to build the Eventide colony when the Traveler is just around the corner at Io, terraforming right it, there. making it much, much nicer. Uh, <laughs> and I do wonder if Clovis either intentionally or subconsciously uh, moved his work away from the Traveler because he was using darkness at the time. Um, I don't. Or did being near, being so that's the other thing too. Since both of those are moons of Jupiter, did being that close to the Traveler affect his like? Did, was there light emanating from the Traveler that that was able yeah. to affect his work as well? Yep, that's that's a possibility too. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he had a reason. Uh, maybe it was just purely out of secrecy, you know. Who who knows? But uh, it was a very He's conscious choice, I think, to build it out in this desolate place. Yeah. Um, and at, at this point, uh, we discover, you know, as as Micah and Papa are the ones that are on the the colony ship, uh, and they meet up with his dad, uh, who has apparently already been there for some time, or at least long enough to grow a beard. Uh, yeah. And uh, Micah is gifted a penguin plushie, um, which he tries to be like, I'm too old for this, but then keeps it anyway. Uh, <laughs> and and that, that, like, that to me turns into the, into the physical uh, security blanket. Like, yeah, his, yeah, his absolutely. His to the traveler is like this, this like metaphysical. Like, it's his emotional you know, support. I'm, I'm, Exactly. And then that, that penguin, that's something that he can physically hold and be like, this is mine. That's, I, I, mm -hmm. if, if anything goes wrong, I, I have this penguin. Yeah. And I, I thought there was a, a interesting little bit here where I, so his, his dad refers to um, his beard as, as being like a polar bear. Uh, like, like kissing a polar bear. Like kissing a polar bear. <laughs> I, love that. I love that one. Uh, and that causes Micah to, to question to the traveler in his letter, like, do you know what polar bears and penguins are? Uh, yeah. And he says, back before you came, they lived on Earth's two poles that were a lot like Europa. So 
that makes me wonder are in in destiny's timeline did penguins and polar bears go extinct prior to the traveler's arrival because it kind of seems that's what's implied oh now we now we've got input from the expert hang on The lifespan of humans being tripled. Yep. So, so that's that's the other thing too that that uh, that Mr. Penguin brought up. Um, in, I believe in that in that specific one that Mike is talking to him, they talk about how it, the lifespan of humans have tripled, uh, and and that they were that the something something about being free of like death fear or something like that. Um, and so that's where I'm curious if if we've just outlived penguins and polar bears. You know, like if, well, if, I mean, as a species, though, like I know that's a long pe time. Penguins and polar a, bears really have lived really long time, and and he he specifically mentions that the the lifespan is roughly three hundred years now for mm -hmm. for people, um, and like penguins and polar bears, I have to, I'm pretty sure, have been on Earth more than three hundred years. Uh, so, so <laughs> I mean, unless we just just so happen to perfectly line up with the end of their their species, yes. Regardless, it was just a little a little note that I thought was interesting. Um, yep. Per perhaps Bungie putting a little touch on uh, on climate change there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I def I definitely read it as that too. Yeah, uh, but. Micah decides to name their newly acquired penguin plush uh, Mihalova after the scientist aeronaut on the Ares-1 mission, which was the mission to make contact with the Traveler on Mars, um, and also references the other two aeronaut names, Hardy and Quinn. Uh, so those were the three that we see in the very first Destiny cutscene yes. ever. Those were the three... Uh, aeronauts, that astronauts that were make first contact. That's that's awesome. Uh, and he, so this was this so that, was another little me, bit. That to me speaks to speaks to those three aeronauts as well. That they they are like they're they're the equivalency of what we like our Neil Armstrong. You know, oh like yes, the, very much so. They they are they are revered throughout. Um, what what in Micah's time is now human history mm -hmm. <laughs> as as the three that met the traveler like they they are the they are very important people they are household names yep absolutely uh so and and Micah also says uh that 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 was a long time ago when that mission happened um mm -hmm. but human years must feel like minutes to you and to the traveler uh he References that he's not sure how to send his messages to the traveler, uh, and wonders if he can use a warsat, even though they're meant for high-level threats. And says, "I wanted, I wanted to see this ten-year-old kid just go and be like, just launch a warsat at the traveler. Can I borrow a warsat? I just want to. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I just need I to just send a message. Talk. It'll be real I quick. I just want to talk. Like that's, like that's that's the that's the the Family Guy one where where Peter's he's he's got a shotgun and he's popped it open and he's loading his shotgun. He's like, mm -hmm. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. Like that's that's what that thought. That's how it's like." What the hell, little kid? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to him, it's just like the war set's just another tool. 
Yeah, well, and it's it's an unused tool at this time because he says, yeah. uh, you know, they're only meant for high-level threats, but how many of those can there be? This is a golden age. Like, yep. we don't we don't have to fight things, uh, yeah. which lends in a little bit to what we were talking about with Exodus Green and them being really the only Exodus ship to be kitted out to that degree with weapons yep. because everything else was staying within the solar system. Everything else was, yep. you know, quote unquote, non-hostile. Um, and being, and being protected by Rasputin and the yeah. Warsat network. So it's, it's just a very different mindset. There's, there's not a belief that there can be a threat essentially. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. And then we get into, to letter three. So that's the end of letter two. Uh, we get into letter three at this point, the family's been on Europa for a week. Um, and because of the snow and the temperature and the bad ions, uh, pretty much everyone is on Europa is crowded into this underground building, uh, kind of catacomb type area is the feel that I got from it. Um, and the only people that go outside are maintenance workers and exos. Uh, and Micah's view on Exos was kind of interesting in, in this letter in particular. Um, so A, the, the, the way that he, or, or the way that Micah uh, talks about it, um, this appears to be close to when Exos were first invented, quote unquote, or, or perfected is probably the better word. Uh, sure. Because he, uh, in, in the letter it says, you know, they did it. Clovis Bray and Papa made walking, talking, human-shaped AIs. And that, I think, is a very important distinction. Because that tells me that either through Micah's, uh, you know, either through his own belief, his own uh, determining of what exos are, or through very specific messaging from Clovis or, or from Braytech, uh, Micah at this point believes exos are AIs which I think yeah. is a different assumption than their human consciousness transported into a metal body. Uh, absolutely. He's viewing so them even, through so the even, same vein as like a Rasputin. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and to him, there's still such a, a new thing and, and so secretive that, I mean, that's, that's really all the information he has to go off of. Like the only other thing in the, universe to him right now that has ever done anything like that is Rasputin, the AI. Mm -hmm. and, and so every, everything, everything about these walking, talking AIs is to, in, in his eyes, like you're saying, it's, that's a, that's, that's all there is. That's there, there isn't, it's, there's no, there's no, not understanding, but there, there's the, the thought of putting a human consciousness into a metal frame isn't like, that's just, that's right. not a thing. Right, that's, that's, that's not, not like even that. something on their radar. Like, yeah. the only people that know that that's what's trying to happen are the people in Braytech at this time. The highest level. The highest the level. Highest level. Uh, which, it's, I'm led to believe that uh, Dad in this is in that highest level. Absolutely. Um, and prob probably both parents, honestly. Probably both Dad and Papa. Uh and uh, because Papa tells 
Micah, that that's why Dad is here to talk to the Exos and analyze their humanness, um, which Micah doesn't quite understand because to him it's like, how can an AI have humanness and why does it matter? Um, yeah. And uh, so Exos are apparently around enough that people have have seen them enough to have formed a a fear about them uh or or an, an uneasiness about them um with the exception of micah essentially he he states at least that he's not scared of them although others are uh and that he's been told um by his papa that we that uh he and micah are very similar in that uh they forget to fear what they do not know uh they yep. they want to investigate before you know they maybe get ahead of themselves and want to their curiosity gets the better of them uh before yep. other things like fear and and whatnot um so uh as they're getting kind of a tour of this place from from uh dad in this case uh they you know, see an exo, and Micah wants to go talk to it because ooh, shiny, new new thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. he's very curious. He wants to figure out like how does it work? What's it gonna, you know, how's it gonna respond to my questions? All these things. Um, yeah. And his dad essentially tells him like, you really shouldn't. I know how much of a chatterbox you are, and <laughs> let's <laughs> let's just not. <laughs> uh, he and he essentially says, but I I need to go you know talk with with this exo so you know give me just just a second, uh, and so dad goes over and talks to the exo at which point, uh, you know uh, Papa who's still with with Micah you know kind of does the parent thing is like oh you're not really that bad you know don't yeah don't believe everything your father tells you about that kind of yeah. that kind of feeling, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. And it's it's mentioned that when Dad comes back from talking to this Exo, that he has a, a worried look on his face. Uh, we don't exactly know what transpired in his talk, um, but it's something that has, has noticeably worried him. Um, and when he's asked about it, uh, he essentially just says, you know, can't talk about it, doctor-patient confidentiality. Uh, yep. Which, again, makes Micah question... Uh, he goes, how can that be a thing when there isn't really a patient? Yeah. Uh, which, you know, just kind of further implies that the exos are human consciousnesses at this point. They're just being played off as AIs. Uh, Absolutely. Or, or that's the best understanding that Micah has at the time. Yeah. So... Um, still, still very, still very much a secretive program that is. Yes. That, and 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 like even, I think even even as guardians today, like I mean, it was it, it wasn't even until Beyond Light that we truly started to understand mm -hmm. what the exos are, and so like for this for this kid to be at the at the beginning of it and and to, and to see what's going on, like and he's still even he's like, that's weird that that's that shouldn't that. I don't understand what that means. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that, that was the, that was a nice little, nice little touch there. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see how exos were first, um, like what people's first impressions of them were. Yeah. Uh, 
And this also tells me that if we look at our timeline, so if the Traveler's on Io, terraforming Io, and we know that that's where it was when the darkness attacked, Exos did not come into the into the playing field until near the the beginning of the collapse slash the end of the golden age yeah. uh which is is very interesting so they were you know kind of right at the cusp of this change of of ages yep um but yeah so now we continue into letter four uh at this point the family's been there for a month on europa uh and Micah goes to a school, quote unquote, uh, which is explained as really just fifty kids crammed in a room. Uh, and I, I think of it as like a like a like a, a rural uh, community, um, where you know, like they, there's not enough kids to form like a, an elementary school, a middle school, and a high school. Yeah, they just they just kind of took all the kids and crammed them into one room, and it was like, well, learn stuff. Yep. <laughs> We'll find someone that can play slides up on the projector and you'll yeah. you'll take notes. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he goes to this school where, you know, but there's a number of other kids there and uh Micah discovers that all of the kids got a penguin. Not just not just Micah. Um Which, that just super bums about, right? I know. Like, he's like, Oh, I thought I was special, but I thought I was special. I mean He's still special, but at the same time, like your your penguin is not right. as unique as you as you expected it to be, uh, as you have believed it to be this whole time. But he finds that some of the kids have have thrown their penguins away, um, which he's not okay with, or, or Micah's not okay with. Um, and so Micah rescues one from the the trash chute uh, and decides to name it Calumet. Uh, I think it was Calumet. I think that's the pronunciation. Um, Margie says yes. Sorry, okay. Mystic Penguin says yes. <laughs> uh, after an aeronaut that had died on the uh, mission to Mars prior to making it there uh, to to meet the traveler, so there are actually four aeronauts that left on that mission, or at least four, um, but only three survived long enough to actually make contact with the traveler. Um, Which and... is interesting because, like. Even even as our today standards, it it takes a hot second to get to Mars mm-hmm. from Earth. So like, I, I I'm curious if if that was a, you know, th- there was some sort of complication or or if they just genuinely just they died on their way there. Just oh well, that blows, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the time that you know, canonically, the time that we that humanity meets the Traveler in Destiny's timeline, or uh, in the Destiny universe is like is the same year as destiny launched in real life i can only assume that that implies the same technological advancements have been made in in the in-game universe so it would it would be just as long of a trip to mars for them at that point as it would be for us right now uh so yeah i i think is probably just a you know they they were in a rocket ship for years and unfortunately yeah. they didn't all make it. Um, yeah. But, and this is where uh, uh, Micah confirms the the lifespan because uh, uh, Micah says, you know, that that's, that's their biggest fear is to, to die before 
the next great discovery could be made. Mm -hmm. Um, and says that, you know, Micah doesn't want a stupid accident to steal their remaining 290 years, uh, which confirms the, the 300 year lifespan. Um, and he, um, that's, that's still like an average, right? Like they don't, it's not like on their 301st birthday, they just kill over dead. No, no, no. (laughs) I have to assume that's average lifespan. So I'm sure there's a little, (laughs) a little higher and a little lower than that. Uh, that, just, that, just, that did make me laugh, though, when he was like, exactly, exactly 290. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I keep making this mistake, too, this whole time. I keep saying he. We, we really don't know if this is a he or she. Like this, this, my, Micah is never referred to one way or another, so um, I do apologize for that. <laughs> I know. I, I'm trying to catch myself as well, but it's just the force of habit. Uh, it is. It is. So take, take no offense. Um but this also causes Micah to wonder how long are the Exos going to live for? And uh, says probably forever, although eventually their hard drives would get wiped by cosmic rays, but that won't happen for thousands of years. There's plenty of time for backups. Yeah. Um, and now I wonder about this line because it could absolutely be true at face value. Uh, but Micah is still under the impression that these are AI. Mm-hmm. Using what I would consider conventional, you know, storage components. Uh, so maybe Exos are beyond the limitations of of the hard drives of the Golden Age, or maybe they still do have the same limitations. Um, sure. But it's just interesting to think about, like maybe long enough, and Exos, yeah, just get bits of their their memory blasted away. Sure, because at the end of the day, it's still a. It, it's like we know that we know now that there is some sort of uh, fluid part of an exo, uh, mm-hmm. but we don't know how much of that. Uh, essentially, this the the I don't want to say the same as a vex. Like the vex is not the robot that you kill in front of you. It is the white goo that's in the center, the radiolarian. Yep. Um, and we know that we know that Clovis Bray was experimenting with that, and and that's what led to the the perfection of the exos. Um, but we don't know how much of that goo is the consciousness right. of the exo. Like, is 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 that an actual? Um, is is that where the synapses, the brain synapses, are happening in that goo, or is it just like literally like the way Micah thinks of it is is just a you know information stored on a hard drive that can just that's just accessed when it needs to be. So that's that's where that's where I'm curious as like mm-hmm. no matter how much shielding you can do there, that hard drive is eventually going to break down. Like that's just that's just the nature of a of a man-made thing. Um, even, yeah. even a natural thing still eventually breaks down. Like that's that's just that's just a part of life. Although you could argue that we have yet to see the Vex break down. And oh, shit. they're, you know, we have literal Vex of thousands and thousands and thousands of years old uh, that are still operational. I guess we couldn't really attest to their mental capacity, but as a hive mind, maybe that's not really a thing. Um, but yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Vex bad, yo. <laughs> well, and by nature of the Exos being made with Vex components, like I do wonder if there's some, oh, some no, cross there. Oh no, Exos bad too. <laughs> Exos are unnatural. I think is the what it lends itself Ooh, to. Ooh, I like that. Um, which is kind of the whole the whole vibe that Micah and other people have had. Like they they're not they're not right, you know. Yeah. Um. So and. Uh, letter four ends on something of a a dark note or or yeah uh, mysterious note. Um, so it's Micah telling of a, a dream that they have had, um, and in the dream they are an exo standing in the middle of a frozen lake, uh, and the sky is completely dark except a single bright moon up in the distance. Uh, and Micah is, is woken from this dream. And he described being, being awoken from it uh, as like his initial thought was that he was angry about it. He was angry that he, he had to wake up. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and maybe that's just the like, oh, I was just getting to the good part kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there's more going on there. Um, and he's he's told uh, by one of his parents, I, I don't remember which. Uh, let me find the line here. Oh, um, dreams are just messages from deep inside your mind. If you have not yet gotten the message, uh, it will come to you again. So, yep. I believe that was that was Dad, the psychologist, yep. uh, that that told him that. Um, and then that that's the end of Letter Four is on this kind of mysterious mm-hmm. dream sequence. Uh, so now in Letter Five. Micah describes that his class went for a field trip, uh, which was really just everyone getting suited up and going out into the tundra. Uh, and and Micah thought that it was more, it was less because they needed a field trip and more because the instructors were just going stir crazy. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, you you live in a underground facility for months but on end. It'll, it'll we happen. Can, we can kind of see that with with what's going on with the pandemic. Just, pandemic right now. Just like, bit. Everyone getting locked inside their houses. They go a little nuts. And, <laughs> <laughs> and heck, we have windows and back and backyards in some cases. And they have nothing. They have nothing. Uh, <laughs> they have metal walls, metal ceilings, metal floors, and that is it. But so essentially, the the instructors of his school. Uh, or of Micah's school, uh, send all the kids out into this frozen wasteland because that seems like a very, uh, a very good idea for small children. Yeah. Um, Why not? <laughs> and tells all the kids, you know, make sure you buddy up, make sure you're always in sight of, you know, the of the the facility. Um, and so, of course, Micah immediately breaks away from everyone, and in but not not technically, right? <laughs> I mean, in the way he, the way they justify it is, well, I can still see the Exo Factory, and that's where I want to go. So, and my buddy is the penguin that I brought with me, so I'm not technically breaking any of the rules. Yeah. Uh, he's got two of his buddies now. He doesn't just have. Yeah, one he's got now. both now penguins. He's got, the, yep. he's got both of them. Yeah. Um, 
So needless to say, decides that, uh, Micah decides, eh, whatever those other kids are doing, screw it, it's boring. I want to go check out this factory because that's cool yeah. and exciting. Uh, it's shiny and new. Right, and he's, uh, Micah's still, you know, has this, this draw, this curiosity towards the Exos. Um, and so he, uh, Micah comes, comes to the factory and sees that there are two Exos there. Uh, and thinking that they're just gonna, you know, finish. I think they were unloading, uh, unloading supplies. Um, thinking that oh, they're just gonna finish their job and be on their way. You know, just sits down and hides behind a crate. Uh, and to Micah's surprise, the Exos stop and start to have a conversation with each other, uh, reminiscing about like uh, it, one of them saying something along the lines of, you know, yeah, it's it's lunchtime or, or this was always when I had my lunchtime and even now I'm not gonna work through lunch. Uh Yeah. Screw the man. Yeah. Uh <laughs> talks about um missing the feeling of being hungry. Uh yeah. which the other remarks to as being hungry for being hungry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then they mention, uh, it very, very briefly, one of them asks the other, did you tell the shrink about the whisper? Uh, and I had a couple questions about this. So the, I think the, the implication is the shrink, the, the psychologist is, um, Micah's dad in this case. Yep. Um, I, I believe that to be true. Now I have always, I've been under the impression that the long, slow whisper, which I assume is what they're referencing here, mm-hmm. was the process of an exo having their memory wiped, having their themselves reset and a number attached to the end of their, their name. Okay. Uh, however, I don't know how that lines up with something that they would be telling a therapist. Um... And I, I would have to assume that by nature of being one of the, you know, the people checking for the humanness of the Exos, that Micah's dad would already be familiar with that process. Yep. Which leads me to, to wonder if maybe the long, slow whisper is something else. And if so, what? So I have two, I say I have two theories. Of course, I'm going to tangent and have like 30 theories by the time I finish <laughs> talking. Uh, so one, you know, obviously we, we uh, in, in Cade's last messages to us, he talks to, a, he, he men- I say he talks to us, he mentions the long, slow whisper. Um, and, and that's that's where I, I always believe that to be the same thing. Like, is, is that like where your parts of your memory are getting not put back? Because... Now, now that we know more about the process of it, even even Clovis Gray says like we can pick and choose what we want to put back. Like if, if there's a memory mm-hmm. we don't want in there, we we just don't put it in there. So that's and that's that's kind of like on the one side, I'm like, oh cool, so all the shitty things that, that's happened in life, you just ah screw those things, those never happened. Like that's <laughs> kind of cool, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, it's a dangerous game to be playing. Um, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which you know, I, I... Th- this actually, as we're as we're talking about this, makes me think that we have had so many 
uh, Greek references, it, especially in our last couple episodes between the Glycon and the yeah. Marasena and the, and the Reef and all that, has had a lot of Greek references. Uh, I don't believe it's ever named in a Greek reference, but what this makes me think of is uh, in in the underworld, in Greek mythology, uh, specifically mm-hmm. within Elysium, within the underworld, uh, there is a river that runs through Elysium um, that when spirits drink of it, it makes them forget any regretful memories. Uh, and that that's kind of the Dude, same that's crazy that's crazy how much that's lining up like that's that's super freaking cool could be complete coincidence maybe i just have it on my mind because of the greek references in the previous episodes but that's that's what it it makes me think of i think that's what yeah no absolutely so so but as far as the whisper itself i i also am curious if the either the early exos or the or or as exos uh kept going this whisper is is actually them slowly losing their minds yeah which is which is that's and that's we we know that that's a thing in the early days of the exos because of uh was it der did, did i can't remember the actual full thing but it's it's like it's disassociation yeah like where they their, their brain can't can't uh, comprehend them being in a metal body, and so they've yep. they've literally started ripping themselves apart, uh, because they like they're, you know, we as humans know that when I extend my arm, that's as far as it's going to go. But when you're in a metal body, you're, it's hard to, it, it would be hard to comprehend that, and your your mind is telling a, a servo motor this is as far as it can go, but in reality, that servo motor can go as right. far as it wants to like there's no limit to it like it could it could spin circles and do 360s and stuff like there's, there's no there's no genuine set end point there so that's that's i'm curious if that's part of it and then the 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 final part of it that that i'm that i'm curious about is it the whispers of the dark like is the darkness that would make a certain amount of sense, considering every interaction we as Guardians have had with the darkness in the pyramids has always had those background whispers going. Yeah. Uh, and Exos, by nature of being born from a cre- from a creation of, uh, or a, a mixture of darkness and Vex. Yep. That that could certainly be part of it. Maybe they're hearing something uh, due to that darkness connection. I think so. I, I, the more and more I read this, and and the more I think about it, I, I think it is that darkness whisper. I think it is that because the exos inherently are part darkness, they are here. That that's the whispers they're hearing. It's it to me. It's either that or the vex part of them that is trying to still reconnect with the hive mind type thing. You know, like are there whispers happening there? And then are the whispers of the darkness and the the communications of the radiolarian are they conflicting each other? You know, are there two different, almost like two different thought patterns happening at the same time mm-hmm. that is internally o- trying to override each other? And then the exos, just by nature of, of being made of those two things, are constantly hearing that. Yeah, 
I I think it could be any of those or a combination of yeah. of those theories. I think there's some there's some very interesting things to keep an eye on there. Um but okay. So not not to to tangent too yes. much yes. into reel, that. Reel us back uh, in. we'll we'll reel in a bit here. Let me let me find my spot. So I'm, yep. I'm hungry for hunger. Uh and then that's when they mention that shrink. Uh, and yeah. asking, you know, did you tell him about the whisper? Right. Uh, so in, in hearing the Exos, um, you know, kind of insult his dad. Uh, yeah. In, in addition to something about just the way they were talking about food and, like, missing hunger and whatnot, um, it makes Michael, like, sick to his stomach or sick, sick to their stomach uh, mm-hmm. enough or, or uncomfortable or, or just uneasy um, enough so that uh, Micah ends up drawing attention to, to themselves, makes some noise of some sort. Um, <clears throat> and the Exos know that somebody's there. Uh, and Micah, being a 10-year-old kid, uh, is scared and, and just bolts as fast as they can. So that's technically the end of letter five, but letter six pretty much picks up right where that left off. Uh, so I'm just going to go right into that one. Uh, so the the exos catch up to to Micah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, scared ten year old legs still can't run faster than exo metal legs. Mechanical uh, <laughs> awesomeness. Uh, and so this this exo you know catches up to Micah and grabs him by the the you know by the collar and lifts him up and just stares at him. Uh, and big glowing blue eyes. And Micah describes looking into the eyes of this exo as uh, almost like being somewhere so dark you can't see your hands in front of your face though you can feel they're there. Something yep. about uh, looking into the eyes of the EXO is just is like staring into a pit. Yeah. Uh, which again, I think is it just references a bit of the fact that they're made of dark, uh, and maybe some of that is is coming through in some way. Yeah. So the EXOs have, have caught Micah, and they're discussing what what do they do with this kid. Uh, and uh, essentially are trying to figure out whether or want they want to kill him. Um, yeah. <laughs> saying, you know, you think anyone's going to gonna care if, if one kid goes missing in the tundra? Like, well, do, we, do we really want to deal with this problem, or do we want to just, you know... <laughs> so, I mean, that's... And, and to me, that speaks of, like, the, the security of the EXO facilities itself. Mm-hmm. And, like, even the EXOs are... are essentially this top secret thing that like oh my god this thing saw us and we weren't necessarily acting like ai so i i'm curious if the if the other exos that are around the facilities um that they actually do interact with act like ais or if or if like where his dad had to talk to the ai and he was and and michael wasn't allowed to if they are trying to keep that hidden still because they knew that if that, that papa knew that if if michael started talking now this thing was like start this 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 exo this this metal thing would start talking to Bica in in a human term like in, mm-hmm. in very much as a human itself. 
Yeah, I I think that's definitely what's going on. I think it's a case of they're still trying to keep the true nature of EXO as a secret yeah. from Absolutely. the colonists that are not directly related to the project. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so they're they're discussing whether or not they should murder a ten year old child. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not clear on what happens here or what causes this. But essentially, the EXO that was, was holding Micah just turns off. Yeah. <laughs> is just all the light goes from their eyes and they collapse into a sparking heap. Um, but we're, we're never given an indication as to why. Uh... <laughs> So in, in my head, it's like it's like the eagle eye security thing, like watching it goes, oh, shit, <laughs> they found a kid. Shit, like, what do we do? And then some guys at the control, like, hit the off button, hit the off button, hit the off button, hit the collapse, hit the collapse. And they're, like, panicking. They're, like, calling Clovis, like, ah, uh, there's a kid. What do we do? And Clovis just like, ah, just turn him off. It's yeah. fine. Because Clovis would be, like, that cold-hearted. Like, Clovis oh, yeah. would just be like. We got backups made of them. Just turn them off. Yeah. Like we'll 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 re-download them later. It's they'll, fine. They'll be version, you know, Bill two yeah. and John three or whatever. <laughs> I like I like I think of it as like Bill and Paul. Like now these cool names like Ariana three or Cade six or Saint fourteen. Like no, it's just Bill one and 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 Paul three. Yep. Like yep. Because Paul Paul's been in a few wrecks. He gets into shit he shouldn't. <laughs> Uh, Bill's the more level-headed guy, and, and he's like, no, 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 let's think this through. And Paul's just like, nah, fuck it, man, we got these exobodies, let's do it. So, uh, for for reasons yet unknown, these, these exos get turned off, and Micah is freed. Uh, and Micah just runs, as as anyone would. Uh, sure. Just bolts back to his class, to, to their classroom, um, finds that the, the that Mike's classmates aren't there, the teachers aren't there, but there's all these penguins piled up in the classroom uh, that uh, presumably belong to other students or are just are being thrown away or something. Um, and I think in a in a very like physical security blanket kind of kind of way. Uh, he digs through, or, or Micah digs through these penguins, finds the ones that look the the most in need of a home, um, and carries them all uh, back to his home, or to Micah's home. Yep. Uh, and stashes them under the bed. Uh, and then runs all the way back to uh, their their classroom or, or outside their classroom where, where their field trip was quote unquote. Um, and is, uh, is back in time for roll call essentially. And no one ever noticed that he, that, that Micah was gone, uh, which is kind of depressing. <laughs> to be right. honest. Like, like even the teacher was like, oh, we got, we got some 50 kids. It's fine. One, two, I can't count to 50. We'll just say they're there. Yeah. And then like three hours close later, enough. like, yeah. eh, it's close enough. Like they're not even, uh... do they even know they came back with 50? Like that's what, that's what I'm curious. Like, ah, screw it. We lost one or two out in the wild. It's, it's whatever, man. It'll be they're, fine. They're dead. They'll be fine. 
Uh, find them in a couple of days. Those Braytech suits, you know them. They're the greatest. Oh wait, maybe they're not. That's that's whatever. So I say it, it's interesting as well that um, Micah still holds a certain amount of reverence for the Bray family because uh, all of the additional penguins are named after the Bray family. Uh, yeah. Let's say uh, Anna, Clovis, Else. I, I don't know if it's Elizabeth or Elsie. I, I forget what Elsie. he is. Elsie, yeah. okay. Um, so yeah, so he essentially now he has the Aeronauts and the Brays as as the, yeah, the penguin he, buddies. Yeah, he names the other two Aeronauts too. He, yep. He's got Hardy and 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 is it is it Kyo or or Zio? Uh, Q I A O. That's Q I A O. A... I think I think that's. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not even going to try because it will offend That's somebody. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, he's got Clovis uh, Al- Alton, which that, I thought that was an interesting one. That even that Alton is an is interesting one. It's interesting that he very well known that or that Micah even knows about some of these family members to the point yeah. of being able to name it. Like Elsie, uh, I would expect Elsie, Anna Willa. Yep. I would expect Elsie to to maybe be Elizabeth to everyone outside of her family. Um, sure. But to know her nickname, uh, in addition to Alton and uh, yeah, and like the and Willow and some of the more extended family, not just yeah. Clovis and his immediate group, was Which, was interesting to me. That that speaks to his family. Like that means he had to have worked. His family had to. The fact that the fact that they taught that he specifically says Willa, Elsie, Anna. He, he doesn't. He doesn't say Elizabeth. He doesn't say Anastasia. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say Wilhelmina. So that means either he is very close to the Clovis, the Clovis family. Like his his parents are very much. They've worked with all these people. Yeah. They've worked with every single facility, and that Micah has either had personal interactions with all these people, to to be able to call them by their nickname, and and for a ten year old kid, like, holy cow, man, like. I mean, maybe maybe his uh, you know Papa and Dad took him to the Bray Tech Christmas party or something. You know, that's, it's, that's what I'm thinking. It, that kind of feel, right? like yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the only way that that he got to meet every single one of them. And now they he's got they've got Nick, he's got nicknames for every single one of them. And yeah, well, and and he despite even being you know uh, scared by these these exos. Um, which are a Braytech thing, he still holds enough respect for the family to to name his his penguin friends after them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that's the end of letter six. Uh, as we move into letter seven, it has now been three months since uh, Micah first arrived on Europa, and. Uh, things are a little strained in the family life. Um, says that, you know, dad has not been coming home very often, has been skipping dinners, uh, to deal with his patients. Um, say Micah is, is often left to, uh, make his own breakfast and sometimes just decides to skip it where previously it was, it was a very, uh, ritualistic morning routine of he always yep. had a parent making him breakfast and they always had dinner together and like those those are big big deals in in their family setting 
Um, very structured as so now it's it's very it's very loose. Yeah, so clearly there's there's some some marriage to work happening here, or at least yeah. from from Micah's point of view. Um, Which remember, kids, never bring your work home. Yes, this, yeah, yeah. I can speak from experience. Uh, <laughs> unless, unless you're like Mystic Penguin over here who works from home, then then just never leave home. I don't. I don't never, to, never bring work to work. <laughs> never bring work to. Never bring home to work. I don't know. Never bring work to work. I don't know where to. Yeah, no, I don't know. Hmm. We'll we'll leave someone else to ponder that. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah stressed family situation with with Micah's uh Micah's fathers and Micah's having that same dream now and it's it's going longer than it did prior to when every you know, last time he was woken up every single night uh so in this dream again he's uh Micah is always in exo always in the middle of a frozen lake with a dark sky of nothing but a single point of light coming from a far off moon and uh, in this dream now, he's uh, Micah has started to jump, and each time gets a little higher and a little higher and a little higher, and uh, to the point where uh, Micah kind of worries in this jumping dream about, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack the ice below me, I'm gonna fall through the ice because I'm gonna hit it so hard, uh, and Micah hears a whisper in this dream. Uh, every time he thinks about, you know, the ice cracking, this whisper says, don't worry, I won't let you die before the interesting part. Uh, and it, it eggs him on. It says, go higher, go higher, get closer, get closer. Uh, and as, as he's kind of getting the farthest he's been in this recurring dream, he's woken again, uh, this time from his parents fighting in the in the next room over and so but, then but right before he wakes up yep. he does he does have a realization he, uh, he almost leaves the atmosphere that's right and he sees that the moon is he, he says the moon was you hovering above io yep. so he's he, he's he sees that the moon is the traveler like that is the light in all of this darkness this one it's one tiny point. light part of light in the darkness and and like I, that 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 to me like that that hit me a lot like that was like this like is is that what the traveler is is that, is the traveler truly like the light the the like is 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 the traveler's power of light so minuscule that the entirety of darkness around it can just snuff it out to just that single point that single and and we saw that too with Mara. Uh, when she was mm-hmm. stepping off the hull, and it's just darkness everywhere, and this one little print pick of light, and so it like all of this to me keeps keeps coming to this, those same themes over and over again. And then when he talks about that whisper, I, I that's got to be the darkness. Yeah, I'm really not sure what to make of of this bit. Um, yeah, because by by all accounts. I guess the thing that I'm that I'm unclear about is why would Micah be having this dream? Yeah. Why Why would this ten year old kid uh, 
be having a dream about the darkness and the traveler and being whispered to and all of these things. Uh, and I'm going to get a little spin foily here. Yeah. Um, spin foil away. I wonder, and I, I don't necessarily have information to back this up. I, I, in fact, if anything, I have information to argue against it more than anything. But <laughs> <laughs> I just have this really weird feeling. I feel like Micah is exhibiting things that make me wonder if Micah is perhaps an EXO at this point and doesn't know it. Yes! I was thinking the same thing, like, this whole time. But, but like... It doesn't line up with other things. It doesn't, but at the same time, it kind of does. Hopefully you picked up on what Mystic said here. Our, our special guest is very nervous to talk, but... Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't quite make that out. If you could, if so you she, could repeat. She, she says she said uh, uh, she's curious if it's with how much that how close he is to his parents, like how much of their work and how much of their work them talking about their work he's picking up at night in his head. Because mm. you, you know how like sometimes you fall asleep and you hear stuff. I, it happens all the time. Yeah. When she's working and she's in the middle of a meeting and then I'll have a dream about it and I'm like. And like in the middle of the dream, I'm like, just solve the damn problem. And and then it's like, yeah, that's that's the yeah. So, but I, I'm curious as to how much of the, them talking back and forth, this this quantum. So he's like sub, subconsciously this, picking up on their conversations, kind yes. of thing. Yeah, no, that I, that could I'm absolutely be part of thing it too. But I still that that thought that idea of what if Micah is an exo and he uh, doesn't even know it and really what what so fucking brought... money and you don't even know it <laughs> <laughs> yes Benny, that's how that works and our other special guest yeah yeah <laughs> tia Natalliano. uh <laughs> but uh no so the the thing that really kind of makes that idea stick a little bit for me um, that that the maybe Mike is an EXO is a the dream, but b yeah. the his reaction or or excuse me their reaction to um, the discussion the other EXOs were having. the The fact that Micah is described as feeling physically ill, hearing these EXOs talk about uh, hunger and not not needing to eat anymore. It seems like an odd response. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's like. If that's and we, and we know that we know that um, we know that Katie, like Kate, Kate, as far as an exo eating, th that is a fact. That yes. has to happen. Uh, even even though he's not like it doesn't really serve them any purpose, but it helps fight that der that 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 that. The, the disassociation thing that happens mm -hmm. with an exo. So I'm yeah, curious. They, they if... need to go through those human functions, even if yes. they don't require it on a physical level. Like they need to do to, it. It has to be there as a sub, like like a subconscious subroutine for the exo program to run in, in the background, to keep the mind kind of occupied, so to speak. Uh, so that way it doesn't 
literally rip itself apart. And what I find interesting uh, is that, and this this is in letter eight, which is where we're where we're going, um, is that in letter eight it's implied that uh, Micah's dad um, is the one that came up with the idea of using humanisms to combat DER. Yes. Uh, so I, there's not enough to say any, anything definitively, but I feel like there's a couple threads there that make me wonder, you know, if there's something more going on with, with this kid, um, at this point in time specifically. Well, there's, a, there's another thing that he says uh, that makes me think that he might actually be one of the ones in the Clovis journals uh, uh, talking with Clovis because he says, uh, you know, the, the project is, is it's too dangerous, it's it's useless, and that if Clovis wants uh, stable and functioning sh- soldiers, he shouldn't put them through trauma in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing in the in the Clovis book. Uh, uh, that's in game is like every single one of these things is putting them through some sort of trauma. Something terrible, yeah. Something uh, to try to figure out, you know, how do we solve this problem? Yeah, and this this was interesting. So the the whole conversations to to back it back up, so we're not jumping around yeah. uh, more. So the conversation that that Micah's uh, dad and Papa are are arguing over um, is, uh, you know. To go back so if Clovis wants soldiers he shouldn't put them through trauma uh, the rebuttal is the point isn't to avoid trauma but to prepare for it exos are yeah. being built in case the traveler turns on humanity or there's or a bigger or something greater than the traveler comes to threaten us yes uh, in which case there there's a very interesting line said um, it says if you knew humanity, could be wiped out in the next 50 years wouldn't you try anything and everything to save us to save our child that implies to me that somebody knew the darkness was coming yeah absolutely and i think that puts it closer to the end of the timeline of the golden age than it does the beginning or or middle or anything because the 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 fact that he like that he specifically names out 50 years like yeah. <laughs> right 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 we, we know we know Clovis at this time has been working working with the darkness using the darkness uh, uh, we know he's getting whispers from the darkness we know the darkness is talking directly to him. We know that the darkness uh, has done everything, like even even simulated. Or was it the darkness or the vex that simulated uh, Maya? I don't remember. Uh, it was the vex. I think they have simulated Maya Sundaresh at that point. Right. But and, and so like yeah. the, But the combination of the two, the vex that I I I personally think that that these two things. The darkness and the vex are slowly driving Clovis insane, more more insane than like just a megalomaniac trying to be the the end of the oh, yeah. the end of human existence, but to the point of like genuinely like breaking down his psyche uh, on a on a on a on a subconscious subroutine level, you know? Yeah, no, I absolutely, and and it's even referenced in the um, 
the Glassway Strike, uh, Elsie says that Clovis opened the Vex portal because the darkness told him to. Yeah. Uh, it, so the, it, it's able to, you know, order him to do things to a certain degree. Uh, yeah. You know, may, I'm sure it does it in a, in a, a more clever manner than, hey, go do this. Uh, hey, door. You know, ma- makes it think what? it's his idea or makes it think that's where the next breakthrough <laughs> is kind of thing. It, it, uh, I think of it as like, like the darkness is the guy in the van, the windows, I got candy on the other side of the door. You want to open this door? <laughs> Clovis is like, candy? I do love mm. me some good candy. <laughs> the only question I have, so absolutely Clovis has been in contact with the darkness, has been corrupted by the darkness for all, for all accounts purposes. Why would yeah. it be forewarning him that it's on its way? Yeah. To the point and, and to the point that it's helping him create soldiers specifically to fight it, whether or not Shit. the darkness thinks that's you know a, a futile effort or not. Like why even bother? Why even give them the opportunity to to develop something to fight back? I've never thought of it from that perspective. That's holy shit. So it, I don't know. I don't know if if we can say yeah, the darkness is just it, it gave the same message to Clovis it did to us. We are coming. We are your salvation. We, yeah. Uh, and if Clovis took that as a threat, and or... we and we know we know that the darkness plays by sword logic, so it always loses the chess game with with the gardener. Um. And and so it's it's trying to create rules within this game. Oh man, this is you might be onto something here, man. So we could argue that maybe if we follow that 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 thread of thought, perhaps the creation of the exos was a goal of the darkness in some way. Um, yeah, I don't know what their what that the end result they're looking for was there. Right. Um, we still we still don't we still don't even know what the hell the darkness's <laughs> ultimate goal is. Like we we know it wants to beat we know it wants to win the chess game because if you lose a billion matches against your opponent and and you you're just like well this freaking blows. I mean we can we can see that in Crucible if we go on a losing streak of ten we're like screw this shit I'm yeah. out. Hell, if we go on a losing streak <laughs> of five we're like this is dumb and this guy's been losing chess. I say this guy, this entity has been losing this chess game for all of eternity, essentially, and and he because he he only knows his, his only. Well, he's been losing because the other guy's making up rules. Like exactly. this is really what it's exactly. what it is. Exactly. So he's trying to create his own set of sub routine, like sub rules, to help out his his overarching rules. So I I I maybe maybe he did do maybe I I keep seeing him. Maybe the darkness as an entity did want to create exos. Maybe it, it did want something that could live forever, that could be something that, that's part darkness, and then use that as whatever. Like, we don't know. Like, that's that's the... Why? Why does it... Why? Why? <laughs> so this is an interesting idea that, that I'm thinking about as we're talking about this. Are the... Are the only non-guardians that can wield wield stasis exos? Because Say that one more time. Are are the only non-guardians that can wield stasis exos? 
uh, because they're because well, the and I guess and I guess the Awoken too. I'm trying to think because they they have a direct connection to darkness. The Exos do by right. nature of how they're, they're born, built. They're born of dark and light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Awoken would as well, I suppose, because of how they were came to be. Um, yeah. Eris Morn, I consider something of a a. Uh, you know, she's like connected herself to the darkness. She used to be a guardian, but I... she also has hive bits in her. So you know, right? <laughs> well, and and who knows if it's if if it's part Ahamkara that's that's helping her. True. Yeah. Wield the darkness. Like we don't, we don't know if the Ahamkara themselves prefer light or dark or or one thing or another. We just know that they feed off of desire. So if if someone's desire is to wield darkness, okay, there you go. Boom. It it may kill you, and it may you know, eat your soul, but whatever, who cares? Right? Like you got your wish. So not not to tangent again inside of a tangent. <laughs> uh, I think if you tangent enough, you form a circle. <laughs> you just come back around. Back the, <laughs> this leads back to the whole idea of the travelers a circle. So we're just circling back around eventually. I, I think the Ahamkara are likely uh more lean more towards the light because they are paracausal beings. They create out of nothing. Um, sure. Which is inherently like a nature of light. Uh, right. I don't know that they align themselves with one or the other, but I feel like they probably draw power from light versus dark. Sure. But so to to complete this circle, to complete this circle yes. of tangent, um, circle all the way back around. Circle all the way back around. Needless to say, they had an inkling something was coming in the next 50 years. It was big. It was yep. bad. They needed an army to fight against it, and the Traveler might not be enough. And so from from Micah's uh, uh, dad's point of view, um, excuse me, Micah's papa's point of view in this case, yep. uh, like they they need to do anything and everything right now because otherwise it's the end of us all. Um, and Micah's dad doesn't disagree per se, but essentially says like living in the here and now is better than living in the Armageddon that is yet to come. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and this, this is, this is where Papa reaffirms that the, that the, the humanism's mm-hmm. idea is, is, is the solution. Yeah. No, to it, the DER. Yeah, he says the the DER stuff is hard, but the humanisms you suggested are the key. I'm sure of it, and uh, and I, I think that that is like he is the psychologist uh, that came up with the idea of make exos more human, so that way they don't you know freak out and kill themselves. Yep. Uh, so, all that being said, Micah's dad says, "I'm sorry." We we so we can't do this anymore. I'm taking Micah and I'm leaving on the next colony ship. Yeah. Uh, I hope you come with us. Essentially, is is the message delivered. Um, and really, that discussion is is all of letter eight. Um, we we now got into letter nine, which is the last letter in the series, mm-hmm. although not the last bit of info to talk about. Um, or the right. last letter of the alphabet. Or the last letter of the alphabet. Uh, <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> so, okay, letter nine. Letter nine. Um, 
Micah wakes up to what is usually a somewhat normal routine, but is now very odd by the fact that it hasn't happened in quite some time. Uh, Micah's uh, papa has uh, made breakfast and is walking him to school. Um, and the entire time that he's doing it, he's asking him things like, you know, how do you like it here? You know, I'm, I'm sorry for, for having to work so much. You know, being, being very apologetic, very, uh, very uh, empathetic to Micah, which is just kind of raising red flags for Micah as oh, like, sure. what's, what's going on? You know, it's, yeah. it's the typical <laughs> parents trying to butter you up for bad news kind of vibe yeah. is what I what I felt from it. Um and he essentially tells him, yeah, you know, uh dad has been has been working really hard and has been having to sleep at the the Braytech facility. You know, he's he's not going to be home for a little while. You know, says says he's really sorry that he has to work so much. Uh and Micah pretty much called internally is like that that's a dead lie yeah uh he knows something isn't right here and is is confirmed when uh he has no he has not heard or seen uh his dad in a week straight which is very very unheard of uh you know his, his dad was the one that was trying to bring their family back to what they used to be prior to to being a part of this project and now for him to suddenly just disappear without any word because of work quote unquote just yeah. doesn't doesn't line up for micah uh and so he as we've discussed he thinks before, something's fishy is going on a very on. smart kid like he he, he really is as, like a 10 year old goes he he picks up on a lot more of this stuff than than what i say the average 10 year old would, would pick up on yes yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, and But during this time, during this week that his dad has been away, uh, Micah has, has finished, quote-unquote, this, this recurring dream. He's reached the end, and it did not recur again after, after experiencing it. Uh, and in, in the end of his dream, so again, he is always an exo standing in the middle of a frozen lake with a dark sky with nothing but a single point of light which we learned is the traveler and in in normal dream logic fashion uh micah is jumping up and down and each time he gets higher or each time they get higher until eventually breaking through the atmosphere of europa or stratosphere of europa um gravity because remember europa has no yes no europa has no no anything um <laughs> And uh, is is reaching for the traveler now, uh, as as his jump is pushing him towards Io, towards the traveler, and the whispers that he was hearing previously uh, in in the dream ask, "Are you sure you know what you think you know?" And the dream ends without. Uh, without Micah actually ever reaching the Traveler, which that—that that to me, that's borderline. Micah's an EXO. 
It's uh, it certainly seems fishy. Yeah. Um, Something like that. Like to me, that's like okay. What do you mean by you think you know what you think you like? What? Is... Especially, what <laughs> especially if we consider you know whether it it is the long slow whisper or not. We know for a fact Clovis has the ability to remove and pick and choose memories. Um, yes. Maybe Micah was never that smart of a 10-year-old. Maybe Micah just thought they were 10 and has really been through the gambit a couple hundred yeah! times, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's... But it, it doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't quite, quite line, line up. up. There's, there's like it's it's almost it's almost like a like a wavy line next to a straight line. It's like yeah, like every it's once so close. It lines up. And you're but... like, oh well, that's it. And then it just moves away from it. And it's like oh no 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 no. We're just yeah. reading too much into this. But it's I don't know, man. This is so I don't know. So uh, yeah, Micah has has had this dream. Um, has finished it, but has, doesn't really understand what it means and hasn't had it again. Uh. And uh, Papa comes to Micah and says, hey, Dad's going to be home soon. Uh, we're going to all go out like we used to and, and you know, have a big family outing. It'll be, be a grand old time. Um, and Micah again is like, bullshit meter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the point where Micah has decided... He goes, I'm I'm not waiting anymore. I'm not I'm not going to listen to being lied to anymore. I'm gonna pack myself up in my little in my, my Braytech snow jacket and I'm gonna grab my penguins and I'm gonna go outside to the supply ship that I know takes me off of this damned place and I'm gonna search for my dad at the same time. Uh, and so he sneaks out in the middle of the night and uh, leaves this last letter as a, a goodbye to the traveler and to his his uh, his papa who's still asleep at, at home. And that is the last we hear of Micah the child. Yeah. However, Micah does resurface a little later in a little different place. Um... So, this comes from the Legacy Oath Greaves from uh, DSC. Yep. Telling the story of the Exo Micah 10. <laughs> so, that, so, like, when I saw that, that was like, that's like that line, like, like <laughs> smashing through the other line and going, nope, he's, that's the reason why he thinks he's 10. Is because he is Micah ten. Yep. So ten years like, old, that's kinda. Like, that's like kinda ten resets old. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> mind exploding in a thousand different ways. Like, oh my god! This is everything. So, and the the EXO Micah ten actually has a, a few uh, achievements of of note. Um, that are, are separate from Europa in particular, uh, but I think are still kind of fun, so we might as well mention them here. Um, so the the thing that really I, cements... I can't, I can't remember real quick, because I, I, I want to find this one too. Yeah. Do you remember what specific armor it's on? Uh, well, what I'm looking at is Legacy's Oath Greaves right now, okay. which talks about Micah 10 in Old Russia. 
Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, Mike Katen is, is in old Russia uh, and is helping ghosts uh, find their guardians, essentially. Um, and it's implied that this is... It's not Dark Age. This is, this is time, you know, the age of the city, but it's very early age of the city. Um, and it, as if we needed any more evidence to imply that these two micas are, are the same people, uh, it states that uh, Micah has her, so we finally have a, a gender now, um, has, yep. her said, has her own sights set firmly on the past on the Deep Stone Crypt. Uh, she once thought it buried in Siberia, but now thinks it's in a much farther, lonelier place, somewhere very cold, that she knows for certain. She dreams of the battleground in the Black Tower that every Exo dreams of, yeah. but every 50th dream, she also has the feeling of a paternal hand placed on her shoulder, and hears the words, you just need to get acclimated, it's much colder here than Mars implying when they first mm -hmm. left from Mars to go to Europa. And yeah. every hundredth dream, she sees a man sitting in a chair with a notepad saying, dreams are just messages from deep inside your mind. Her psychologist uh, father explaining dreams initially to her. Um, she curses whoever made her. Uh, yeah. So it's unclear at this point to me if Micah 10 is a guardian or just a very, very old Exo. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't clarify until later she absolutely does become a guardian. Um, yep. But at this point, I think it might just be a super old Exo that I think so has too. lived through everything but forgotten most it, it says uh it says in humans body sensation is a form of communication the connection between the metal the mental and physical but in exos it's all a lie cold heat hunger exhaustion pain those signals aren't connected to real uh um to real lack or breakage for the most part her body is impervious on the rare occasion she does break she wouldn't she won't know she... unless someone else tells her yeah, so uh, indicating she can be injured and needs to repair or heal, uh, but needs someone else to, to indicate that, that that injury is there. Um, so yeah, I, I think at this point, not a guardian, just a very old XO. Uh, mm -hmm. Now this, this ties in, uh, it gives us a little bit of a timeline to reference where, where Micah 10 is is currently um and it also ties her into the story of our vanguard uh so this is in the protector of ghosts ghost stories um mm -hmm. micah 10 writes a letter to talula fairwind who is the i believe first hunter vanguard of the city um and tells fairwind that she has helped another ghost find their partner and is a partner, uh, a hunter, by the name of Andrew Brask. <laughs> Andrew Brask being the, I think, second hunter vanguard, but definitely the predecessor to Cade Six as the hunter vanguard. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's also implied that Micah herself is now a hunter and has a ghost of her own. 
because uh, she says in the letter, I'm now down to only one ghost other than my own, um, and signs the letter as your faithful den mother of ghosts. So it looks like even after uh, her presumed resurrection as a guardian, uh, she has taken on the mission, uh, the, the same mission she had before of offering protection to guardianless ghosts as they scan and try to find their their guardian um yeah. and is is known for having kind of a a cloud of ghosts around her uh or you know a, a school of ghosts around her and it seems like they finally dwindled to the the last one that she's helping yeah so uh the other exploits of micah the hunter at this point um Micah goes on, presumably after helping that last ghost, and forms the band of hunters called the Coyotes. Uh, the Coyotes uh, more or less still do the same job. They go around and find newly resurrected guardians and try to either incorporate them into their own band of hunters or offer them safety to go elsewhere. Uh, yeah. The city, presumably. Um and there's a little interesting tidbits that I picked up on in these. Uh, this is the sixth coyote in the band, the bandwagon lore tabs that, that Micah is mentioned in. Yep. Uh, Micah says to uh, one of her members of the coyotes um, that it's they have some new guardians, and the new guardians uh, kind of ponder, like, how do people pick their names? You know, like, yep. how, how do people know what to call each other? Uh, and Micah says that, uh, exos, exo guardians always are resurrected with memory of what their name was, but nothing else. Um, so my, Micah knows that she is Micah. Cade yep. knew that he was Cade, mm-hmm. you know, uh, presumably Saint knew that he was saint, although it is possible that they know their true names but chose to not use it. Um, but yeah, exo-guardians always remember their name but nothing else. Human and Awoken get nothing and have to pick a new one. So to me, that that's again, comes down to the, the two-part nature of the exo uh, being part darkness, part uh, um, Vex. I'm curious if the name is a subroutine buried deep within the the Radiolarian that when they do get rele- when they do get resed as a guardian that that is the one thing that can activate that that's that's it's on such a simple either a simple subroutine or it's on like every subroutine uh, that that is the one thing that that comes through with the resurrection. Yeah, uh, this I does... I don't think it's a property of the darkness. I don't think so it, either. To me, if it was a property of the darkness, then it, all Awoken would remember that name. The big question mark for me is, uh, on the Legacy Oath Greaves, that lore card, is is Micah a guardian at that point or not? Um, I, I, if, I would like to think that she is. So if she is... That brings about another question, because she is technically not only remembering her name, but she is dreaming and remembering her parents. 
And so if she is a guardian at that point, team possibly. either either the Vex are offering, you know, the, the Vex part of an Exo is offering access to more uh, memories and such there. Um, and the fact or... that it happens on exact dream cycles, that to me leads to a mechanical thought. That leads to me to a mathematical portion, which to me leads to the Radiolarian and the Vex. That, that, I think you've got something there. I didn't even connect the dots that it was on a numerical value, a very exact it's numerical every 50th value. every 50th and every 100th, and that's a very exact... Now, granted, with the Vex, we don't... Like, maybe they run at 50 hertz, you know? So that, <laughs> to, to them, that's the... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that yeah. could be that there. Like, we always think of things in 60 hertz because we, as, as humans, that's what we utilize as, as our power source in our houses. But, like, when I was in Iraq, our generators would fluctuate between 50 and 60 hertz. And then, like, the radars that I worked on, they were 400 hertz. So you can still have any AC signal, or it, hell, any signal. I don't, I don't know. I mean, typically a signal is going to be it. Anyway, uh, can run at any frequency you want it to, right? So maybe that's just the VEX's inherent frequency is 50 hertz. Yeah, or, or 50 dream cycles, however that equates. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even think of it that way. I'm still trying to equate this to like what 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 a human would 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 but they're not even holy shit. And we don't know how the Vex operate, you know, what their their Mind manner of, of uh of measurement would be. Um mine broken. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Scatter the pieces to the winds. So yeah, but that's that's the the story thus far of because by all accounts Micah is is potentially still out there somewhere running right with the the band of coyotes um because so. the coyotes are the ones that were in uh um uh, is it is it Pal- palamine uh let's or, let's or am i or am i thinking differently so are you thinking of Jaron Ward? That that's what that's what I when I okay. think of coyote that's what I start thinking of. And for some reason I remember the coyotes being mentioned there, but it that could be something just total just my brain associating two things that have nothing to do with each other. Like because one started with the letter C and the other one ended with the letter E, and so now they're both coyotes. You know, like that. Yeah, that could I, just be my brain being my brain. I I don't know. I it's. Yeah, I don't see anything uh, i just did a quick search in ishtar collective i don't see th- anything in particular um okay. referencing the coyotes to uh i i, I yeah it was like palin palamine or something like that um the, yep. the previous home of jaron ward um yep i'm only seeing it in reference to uh the um the, just the band of coyotes, coyotes themselves, themselves. Just, yeah. yeah so that's and yeah i there's so many like it's it's hard to tell if micah that entire time was an exo like there there's so many little things and, yeah. and i'm curious i i'm truly curious if i mean because like the fact that like none of the other kids, she, she doesn't really interact with any other kids. The, mm-hmm. it, it's there's so many little subtle things there 
that lead me personally to believe that that entire time she is the first working EXO, and and I and I and I obviously the EXOs worked for a while, and then they started developing DER and 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 having issues, but then when when Micah's dad comes up with the idea of maybe we need to maybe we need to put the humanness back in them. We've taken so much humanness out of them that they don't know how to be humans without d destroying themselves. And so I'm curious if if either because that was the last letter and and at the beginning of that last letter Micah Micah does mention that this is my last letter that I'll be sending you. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I can ever I don't know how I'll ever get these letters to you. Uh, you being the traveler, obviously, uh, and so I don't even know if these letters will even be sent. And and so I'm assuming, I, I, again, this is this is kind of drawing on on different topics and ideas and thoughts. I'm assuming that we as guardians are finding these letters like tucked inside the little the little penguins. Yeah, that okay. that was my assumption. And and that means that each one of those penguins are one of Micah's penguins because mm -hmm. there are nine of them. And you go collect nine of them. Yeah, that that was how I took it as well. Um, and those penguins are scattered throughout Europa. All over Europa. Uh, All over Europa. Which might be an indication of, of her looking for her dad at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, so we, you know, and that's that's the portion of the story that we don't know. We don't know if she went looking for her dad, if... if help maybe she died right and was just brought back as an exo like maybe maybe her dad just so happened to have her consciousness stored somewhere but we've seen we've seen parts of the inside of the brave facility we know that there are huge mm -hmm. huge amounts of data banks in there like especially like when we go fight the the techno rat yes uh, yep. techno rat technocrat yeah. it. it's a techno rat now <laughs> um, i just think of it as like this little disco rat he's just like Wicked, wicked, what? Like, yeah, no. Um, he's got his little turntables in front of him, and he's just, yeah, no. That needs to be a boss uh, right now. Oh, God. God damn it. <laughs> and, and, and you're locked to using the Rat King. Like, that's the only gun you can use the entire time. No, no, there's no guns. It's emotes only. Dance off. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> Depending on the emote, does does more damage? No. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Bungie hire us. <laughs> damn, it. God damn it. We can do something other than balls and triangles. I swear. Uh, but, but yeah, no. Yeah. I'm just conscious, imagining this entire her, rat her consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> her consciousness is potentially stored in Clovis somewhere. somewhere. Right. Like, so um, we don't we don't know if 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 as, as if Clovis Bray. Because obviously, her dads are—they are very, very much in that high up, yes, uh, hierarchy of Clovis Bray itself. Uh, so there's, there's, there, you know, if if they if if they if she had gone out looking for dad, and then you know Papa panics and says, "Shit, where's Micah?" Goes out looking for him. Maybe Papa passes away as well, and mm -hmm. Dad finds him and is like, "Well, shit. The only way I know how to save them." is to bring them back as exos because we don't we don't even know if we don't know who papa is like we, we don't have no, names for papa we don't have and names for anybody so we don't we don't know if they're exos because that's that's the other thing too do we even know that they're exos are they exos at that point in time right there 
Are they I human? Mean, like the one, the we one never thing get we any of that information. The one thing we haven't seen is uh, we have never seen an EXO wearing a human like analog, a human skin. Right. Um, right. Presumably, if they are an EXO, they look like an EXO as we know it, just because we've yep. never seen record of of anything different. Yeah. Um, I part of me wonders if perhaps. Perhaps these letters weren't written by 10-year-old Micah. Perhaps these letters were written by Micah 10, uh, like reliving or remembering oh. the previous life. Because that could kind of explain some of it. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the events that they talk about that, that happened to, to child Micah did happen, but some of the weirdness is being implied because it's being written by her in exo form reliving human memories um i don't know what would have happened to lead up to that you know that event that's and that's that's the ultimate question there that's that's the what what the hell like we we genuinely have no idea what after that last letter the next time we meet her she is either an exo with her little own groupies of ghosts and she's just like hey I'm gonna help you, little machines, find little friends. And she's obviously she's having these dreams of her family, of her prior life. Uh, and she's she's she is referring to herself as Micah Tim. Mm-hmm. So that is obviously she's clearly gone through at least nine resets uh, yep. to get to this point. Um, and so then, nine resets, nine letters. Is each one of these letters another reset? That's a good point too. Um, like there's there's so many little questions here that mm. like if you just kind of like tug on a string, you just start you start unraveling, and now you're left with sixty strings, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing anymore. I'm just tugging on strings. Like it's there's so many questions there that are not answered that are just such a mystery. And I I do truly hope that that Micah Ten is out there somewhere and that we do run into her. I think that would be really cool. Um, Especially as you know, the the discoverer of the uh, of Andrew Brask as the Hunter Vanguard and, and you know, literally being the origin of of his whole story uh, and, and by and so by many, conjunction so Cades and yeah like, like it just she's the beginning of so many Guardian stories because of her little group of of ghosts. So. That's just yeah. So, so much for a light topic, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of was. It wasn't, light, you know, alternate light, universes it wasn't a six and things. Hour episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, I do think that's that's maybe a good spot to end. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. That's that, our uh, that's that's our show tonight. That's our episode. Uh, Micah and 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 her penguins. 